So we're here, we're kind of talking a little bit about the Revival Project, what this looks like as far as, you know, kind of giving more of a, an in-depth look on where our heart is and where we're wanting to go. And we're kind of starting where it all began, right? In the car shop here yeah. and meeting about it. So let's talk a little bit about the background as far as where we have first come from, like what, you know, it started here. What is, what was that vision? What was that need at the time? And then how do we see that growing and, and developing into something much bigger? And, and we'll talk a little bit about our goals and all of that as well. So why don't you start us off with how it began originally, right? From yeah. here. Yeah, I began with a sense of calling to this area specifically. Sure, yeah. And uh, when, I was at, when I was at Southern and uh, was working with Dr. Michael Pullman uh, and as I was praying about where God was calling me to become a lead pastor, this area in particular stood out. And this is where Dr. Pullman's from. Okay. And began to teach me more and more about this area. And as opportunities came up, you know, with the, the headhunting organization that I was, a, I was affiliated with, you know, it kind of became a candidate for in Nashville. There were opportunities in Dallas and in Florida. And uh, he was saying the last thing that Texas needs is another expository preacher <laughs> because there's one on every corner. Yeah. And he's like, my hometown needs more pastors, period. Sure. And then particularly expository preachers because sure. there are fewer churches here than anywhere else in the U.S. This is the least churched state per capita. Mm -hmm. And according to data, the most atheistic city mm. in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And so God really began to lay that burden on my heart to do ministry in this area in particular. I got the, the chance to come out here and speak for uh, the Northwest Ministry Conference a few times over the years when I was at Lifeway and fell in love with it. It was my, my favorite city mm -hmm. in the U.S. We could see every church in South King County double in size and we would still be reaching only single digit percentages mm -hmm. of the population. Mm -hmm. And we desperately need more churches. Mm -hmm. So we, we knew this is where God was calling us to be. Mm -hmm. At first I thought this car shop would be the Redemption Church and we do not fit in it. No. Praise God. It's a good problem <laughs> to have. Right at the beginning, right? Right from the, yeah. from the onset. <laughs> yeah. But we knew this is where God was calling us to be. Uh, Romans chapter 15, uh, Paul didn't want to build on, on another man's foundation, but wanted to proclaim Christ where he had not been preached. Mm -hmm. My wife is a missionary at heart mm -hmm. and she feels drawn to this area as well. We had opportunities in Texas and in Florida and, and Montana. I didn't know that Montana is like a little miniature conservative Christian enclave. Mm -hmm. It turns out that it is. This is where God called us to be. This is where the need is most dire. This is where we need more churches, but it's also a place where 85% of church plants don't make it past their first or second year. Sure, yeah. We're facing a unique juggernaut the Cadillac church planning organization presenting like the Cadillac sponsorship package will give you like $50,000 and then ongoing support of like 1200 a month, mm -hmm. which is great. If you're for, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd be great if we're in, you know, Mississippi, yeah, uh, if sure. we're in, a, in parts of Nevada where land values are low. Sure. Uh, but. Bellevue in particular surpassed Manhattan at one point last year mm, in its yeah. property values. Sure. Uh, this is this is like the second or third most expensive real estate market in the country. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what are we to do? You know, that that uh, that bar is not going to be lowered for us and it's not going to dissuade us from trying to reach people for Jesus. Yeah. 
But it's not just the, the real estate market and the cost of doing ministry here, it's also the deep set spiritual need. You've seen this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's yeah. a huge need yeah. for not just another biblically sound church, mm -hmm. there are schooling needs. Absolutely, yeah. We've kind of talked a little bit about that in in sense of yeah we're we're kind of maxing out on the the theater obviously and we've been there for a while now but wanting to get into a building and we keep running into where we have buildings that are available but they won't work for us because we've already outgrown those and so we're kind of in this pickle of we could possibly fit into one of these smaller buildings but our vision is so big that it's it's really only going to meet the needs for five years or ten years and so we've kind of talked a little bit about what does that look like in regards to if we move into a building you know we'd obviously go into multiple services we've talked about that but then what is the building going to do for us to begin with right and so obviously sunday services an opportunity for us to grow our children's ministry which is something that has kind of been stagnant because of the location that we're in currently yeah. um, and so obviously we have a big a big vision for that but then, you know, how do we transform that building to fit kind of the grander goal or scheme of, you know, reaching people? And so let's talk a little bit about what that vision is as far as getting into a building, even if it might not be the perfect, like grow for 40 years kind of building, but rather maybe a grow for five years building. And talk a little bit about what our goals have been in regards to what our five-year plan is when it comes to the revival project, because we're coming up towards the end of our actual fundraising, but I don't know that our revival project is really going to end in May, right? It's going to continue to grow. Um, and I think it'll you know, kind of morph and develop into something much bigger. But let's talk a little bit about what our five-year plan is for that. Yeah. As we find a building that will house us for now, mm -hmm. we'll be spending more than any church plant in the U.S. <laughs> true. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's true. Uh, we're going to set a record somehow, some way. Yeah. Uh, you know, when we buy whatever we buy and whatever we buy is going to be too small for us because we're unique, like you said. Mm -hmm. What a good problem to have. Sure. Uh, I yeah. recently said... Uh, I, I said of a building that we looked at, the task force came and toured, and I, I came back and reported to some of the, the team as we were setting up one Sunday morning, and I said, we're too big for that building. Mm -hmm. And then Alex corrected me. He's like, no, the building is too small for us. Right. <laughs> I was yeah. like, you're right, you're yeah. right. We're not the problem. <laughs> yeah. We're not getting any smaller. Yeah. <laughs> right. We're not going to shrink to fit the building. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever we buy will meet our need for now. Mm -hmm. Multiple services seems like an obvious go-to. In fact, one of my mentors, uh, Larry Osborne, believes that's how you even protect a church in the long term from, you know, uh, if the local plant closes down and people move away. Sure. He's like a lot of church planters don't ever don't ever account for the possibility of their numbers going down. Mm -hmm. They think that they're on an escalator, mm -hmm. and so they get caught off guard mm -hmm. and they financially put themselves in a tight spot. Sure. And so uh, packing out uh, a building on Sunday morning you know, for multiple services does carry with it a lot of advantages, allows us to save mm -hmm. continually from there. Sure. Moreover, leaving that building unlocked and open for ministry the other six days of the week is sure. a no brainer. Yeah, sure. Because there are kids who need to hear the gospel. There are families that are on long wait lists for Christian schools. Yeah. Um, there's also this other untapped need that our task force came upon Tell us a little bit about what you found looking at weddings and the colossal amounts of money that 
people were spending on their weddings only to have access to like a beautiful photo-esque facility for three hours at a time. Right? And yeah. then that was it. And yeah. there was nothing else. It was just a photo op. Right, yeah. It was just a beautiful setting. It was all about the wedding, nothing about right. marriage. Yeah. Yeah, so we've kind of talked about in the sense of how do we make like, how do we reach people, right? And so, yeah, the wedding venue idea is a great idea because it allows us to be able to make income on days that we wouldn't normally make an income, right? Or that it wouldn't be utilized like on a Saturday or a Friday evening, you know, you don't have preschool on those days or primary school anyways. And so, you know, allowing us to build something that is really beautiful, that people want to come to, want to get married at, allows us then to create an outreach as well too that we've talked about giving them a discount on their wedding if they go through with premarital mm -hmm. counseling but then also connecting them and so you had kind of benchmarked with a church down in texas yep. that has then created these small groups off of these weddings that all happened at the same time with the same kind of age group and then they end up being a part of the church they end up being you know they have this fellowship they then have kids together they all grow mm -hmm. together and it's this extended family that they have for yeah. years and years, right? And and then that really develops the roots in the church. And so it's a really it's a really fascinating and, and cool perspective on how to utilize the building to the best of its abilities, but then also to be able to connect people with our vision and our growth and 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 you know, pouring into the long term, right? Because marriage is long term and you know, it takes a village to raise a child as they say. And so that is the village, the redemption church is the village. And so, yeah. you know, giving that, giving that perspective when everything else is all about photos and then yeah. there's nothing else left yeah. after that. So yeah, we've got way more to offer these people than just an Instagram backdrop. Sure. Like, and it's more, there's so much more, there's, there's so much more to it than 25 minute ceremony. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it's a lifetime. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, like God had nothing to do with, with, with the wedding ceremonies in this huge industry mm -hmm. where these, these people were paying 50, $60,000 yeah. for access to a golf club. Right. And there's no spiritual community around them. Right. They have no premarital counseling. Right. Uh, they have no sense of community with other young married couples. Mm -hmm. They have no concept of what marriage is. They've never even heard of the connection between the gospel and marriage itself. Sure. And what we could offer, inspired by the model used by uh, the Holy City, Dallas, Texas, nice. <laughs> Watermark Church. <laughs> I was supposed to be pitching their leadership on the curriculum that my team ran because they were like one of the biggest churches in Texas. And instead I was just asking about this marriage ministry <laughs> and uh, they ended up using our, our curriculum, which is great. But also I walked away with a connection. They saw that 60% of the couples who got married in their church became a part of their church family. That's awesome. Because they hear the gospel through premarital counseling. Mm -hmm. They form small groups based on, you know, class, if you will, as in mm -hmm. the class of this year, the class of that year. Mm -hmm. And then, so they're all on kind of a similar lifespan trajectory yeah. together. Yeah, and sure. so they, they are there for each other's baby showers. They're there for the, you know, the surprise trips to the ER. They're yeah. there for the funerals. Yeah. They're there for the cancer diagnoses. They're on the side of that car accident together. And, and what they have in common is they all heard the gospel. They all got married at the church at the same time. And now they're all going through this small group. And so that's a long, 
long-term trajectory mm-hmm. plan. Mm-hmm. Pretty soon, the you know the class of uh, those who were married in you know 2008, for example, are currently the parents of middle schoolers. Yeah. And so yep. that's a long-term trajectory plan, beginning with their their marriage mm-hmm. and at at the Redemption Church, with our feet planted firmly, uncompromisingly on scripture, we can show them what marriage actually is and share the gospel with them. There's a lot of opportunities for this to be more than just a setting for a weekly worship service. Mm -hmm. That is the priority. Of course, yeah. That's what it's for. But then throughout the rest of the days of the week, when the members of the Redemption Church go out to their places of work and we're all there, there on the mission field, the building is still serving the mission too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Monday morning, after the members of the Redemption Church have gone out to their respective mission fields, kids come in mm-hmm. and uh, you know they hear an education that's based on the only sound worldview there is mm-hmm. at a church that is passionately dedicated mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the Word of God yeah. in all aspects. And then on the weekend, yeah, there are weddings taking place and mm-hmm. so much more than just an Instagram photo op. I see a beautiful church. I see it now mm-hmm. at AMC. Yeah. But I can see that church thriving. I could see that church growing. Mm-hmm. I can see that church ministering particularly to, particularly to kids. Uh, yeah. Better than ever. Sure. Yeah. With a building. Yeah. I yeah. don't mind the theater. Sure. I don't mind it. The chairs are comfy. They're very comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's gonna but, be a hard sell to get out of those into, yeah, into church it'll be, chairs. It'll be a pews. bit of a letdown the day that we cut the ribbon, um, yeah. no matter how beautiful it best. is. <laughs> Maybe AMC will sell us the, right. the, the recliners. But I, I think about kids. Yeah. How to educate, how to disciple, how to equip families to disciple their children. Mm-hmm. I see a huge need in the, the, the children of King County. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see a huge need in an area where, man, like marriage has become Mm -hmm. a photo op. Mm -hmm. And I I see an opportunity. Yeah. I see God building a biblically, passionately sound church with a heart for revival Mm -hmm. where churches go to die where church plants don't make it, mm-hmm. ours is thriving and healthy. Yeah. And where churches often will compromise on scripture, mm-hmm. our church just seems to get a little bit bigger every time we preach a controversial passage. Mm-hmm. And I see the only answer to the big question that plagues a culture that is hell-bent on relativism, I see the Redemption Church poised perfectly, positioned strategically Mm -hmm. to meet this need. Mm -hmm. And I see that long-term success, the long-term future secured Mm -hmm. as it happens to take that revival Mm -hmm. into a building Mm -hmm. that merely facilitates what God has already been doing in hearts and lives for the last couple of years. We're just getting started. Just imagine right. what yes. will be right. when you remove the two-ton burden from the backs of our teams, mm-hmm. and when you expand the number of hours that we're open for ministry sure. from eight to noon <laughs> to all week long. Right, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's exciting. So we're thinking about starting with 
obviously church services, but then we'd like to be able to incorporate a preschool um, as kind of our immediate vision. It's a huge need. And then hopefully going into primary school. Mm -hmm. um, and then long-term vision would be secondary school and to be able to have enough capacity to be able to feed, to feed that uh, need as well. Because oh, yeah. the, the waiting lists right now are incredibly long at the local private schools. And a, a lot of that is just due to the confines of the buildings that they're in. So allowing us to be able to do that then also creates this new circle of influence, right? Mm -hmm. Where you have a lot of these families that want to be a part of a more solid foundation for schooling, whether it's biblical or not, right? But they feel like there's a little bit more control over what's being taught, right, when they're in private school. And now creating an influence there in the primary and secondary schools that then connects them to what we're doing as a church. So yeah. how do you kind of see that vision growing? In oh man, I can see years into the future and it's beautiful. I want to go all the way to the postgraduate level. I, yeah. I, I want to see us facilitate biblically sound education mm -hmm. uh, just to be able to produce these brilliant godly warriors mm -hmm. that can go out and conquer the conquer the business world, you know, yeah. with a, a rock solid worldview and foundation. And I, I want to see us even be able to partner with a seminary Mm, that yeah, is accredited awesome. sure, to yeah. be able to equip mm -hmm. future pastors, future ministers mm -hmm. right here. It's one of the hardest things about interviewing candidates across the U.S. for the various positions. It's, it's just hard to move someone mm -hmm. from another state to this state. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we have a better prospect for long-term success, for the growth of the kingdom, not just in the Redemption Church, but growing kingdom wide. Yeah, sure. It's the Redemption Church will not be able to fit yeah. all of the people God is going to save if he answers our repeated prayers for revival. We're going to need other churches. Yeah. yeah. We're going to need other churches. And so uh, we're going to need more pastors. We're going to need more biblically trained leaders. Mm -hmm. I think that if we can facilitate an accredited theological seminary that offers at least, you know, the MDiv, the Master of Divinity degree. Mm -hmm. We can pour into and train these pastors who are homegrown. They're from here. They love the Pacific Northwest. They like the rain and they're already <laughs> a, a comp, they're already acclimated, you know, yeah. to yeah. the cost of living and everything else. This is home. Grandma lives down the street. Right. You know, your siblings live over there. You guys get together all the time. And right. so this is where your roots are. Right. You're not a thousand, 2000 miles away right. from family. You are committed long-term to live here. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and these are the ones whom we train mm -hmm. biblically, mm -hmm. then wow, I'm, I'm blown away by that. And, and then, yes, I do have an ulterior motive in that for the Redemption Church. <laughs> yes, I do want to be able to poach top talent. Right. If we're going <laughs> to offer the facility, then we might as well, you know, right. be able to take top pick from the talented, you know, worship leaders <laughs> and, and youth pastors and kids ministry directors and yeah. teaching pastors and, and find my successor one day when I'm just way too old to do this. And you guys are going to be like, all right, Jesse, it's time. You'll have this stable full of all yeah. these brilliant, well-trained, biblically solid pastors who are all kind of secretly hoping that I fail to look both ways before crossing the street. Well, hopefully that's not the case, but <laughs> I think that it's nice in the sense too of, you know, teaching apologetics, right? Mm -hmm. In those schools so that those kids, when they graduate, know the difference between right and wrong. It's not just regurgitation, right? Mm -hmm. And then that way, 
they have that standing that they need to be able to go out and, and conquer the mission field wherever it is, right? Mm -hmm. And to, to develop uh, new followers and, and, and help grow the kingdom of God as well, you know, and, and be warriors for those churches that you're talking mm -hmm. about and expanding. So lots of really exciting things. And I think that that's really important to kind of communicate is that the Revival Project is a building campaign, right? Mm -hmm. We are trying to build up our savings in order to be able to buy something, but then building the kingdom is really what the goal is. It's just a, it's just four walls that yeah. are helping keep us out of the rain <laughs> yeah. while we build. But uh, it's exciting to see, you know, that vision and to really kind of let people in, I guess, on what that looks like. I think it's so important so that way everyone understands and you know can get behind. Okay, this is more than just you know, a yeah. facility. So yeah. let's talk a little bit about what the vision is as far as the actual building. I know you want water slides and, <laughs> and <laughs> inside pyrotechnics and, you know, all the things. But Obviously, um, it's where the apostles yeah, had. Yeah. Um, and I believe it was like a 10-story glass cathedral. <laughs> yes. never been done, right? We've got Yes, of that's actually <laughs> real. It's not 10 yeah. stories. I do want, here, here's why. I want us to be able to have a wedding chapel, mm -hmm. um, and I, I I I knew that I would butt up against some restrictions from King County on building a big giant steeple. Mm -hmm. But if the steeple is functional, if it hosts weddings sure. and funerals, and sure. it's made of glass and it's illuminated, then it's not just a steeple; it's not just yeah. ornamental. Yeah. And uh, so that was my way around potential restrictions from King County. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. So there it is. Yeah, that's there my pie is. in the sky yes. idea. Yes. But hey, if it's God's will, it could absolutely be. Sure, sure. So my job <laughs> is to try and tone down that vision maybe a little bit in the sense of maybe water slides aren't the best fit, uh, but creating something that is really beautiful and then that way people want to stay, right? Yeah. And that's so important as far as a building is concerned to get to the point where you look forward to coming on Sundays yeah. and you want, it feels like home, I think is a big thing, you know? That you don't matters. Want it to, yeah, you don't want it to feel old or uncomfortable or smelly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which we've run into yeah. smells out there <laughs> as we've been looking, but you know, creating that sense of home, away from home really in the building that people want to eventually congregate. And so let's talk a little bit about the vision for the actual building of yeah. what we're, what we're hoping to do. Yeah. It, you're right. God's already doing what the building will merely facilitate. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it comes down to particularly a down payment on mm -hmm. four walls and a roof. Uh, but what matters more money can't buy, mm -hmm. uh, what the spirit of God is already doing money can't buy. And mm -hmm. then a building, a building doesn't cause to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if you're not already seeing a, so, a solid biblical community, the, the saints gathering filled with the spirit of God, ready to hear from the word of God, to do the will of God, the, the, the saints being equipped for works of ministry. Mm -hmm. If you don't see church discipline facilitated, if you don't see uh, people having opportunities to use their spiritual gifts to some extent, uh, as, as much as you can in a rented facility, then then don't do a building campaign mm -hmm. because then it's just a fundraiser for four walls and a roof. Right. But this is more, this is the revival project because we're praying to God to bring revival and then mm -hmm. the building itself 
just comes to keep us out of the rain mm -hmm. and keep us warm in the winter and then cool for those two days out of the summer where it goes above 80 degrees. Right. You know. And we all freak out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that, I do think that that building is built for the greatest reason that there is to build a building. Mm -hmm. And so it has greater cause to be beautiful than any other building. Mm -hmm. I mean, cosmetic stores make their spaces beautiful so they can sell cosmetics. Mm -hmm. And haircut places make their space attractive so people can come and get their haircut. Mm -hmm. This is a building that is for the glory of God. Mm -hmm. And this is something that the Catholics do better than us. I was gonna say, the Catholics <laughs> home, home run every yeah. time. Yeah. We as Protestants tend to just build like boxes. Mm -hmm. And uh, man, or every- Or structures. Or spr sprung structures, <laughs> yeah, man, hey. I mean, I get it. But wow, like this is something that the Catholics invested mm -hmm. um, a lot of people's money in mm -hmm. um, centuries and ago. And talents. their talents. Yeah. The best artisans of the world, the best yeah. composers of the world, yeah. uh, even down to the shape of the window evoking the Trinity. Michelangelo's mm -hmm. uh, account of creation painted on the ceiling. Yeah. You know, they get the, the greatest, most brilliant artist yeah. and also engineer and inventor, by the way, in yeah. the world to yeah. paint the most important moment right. in the most important place so that when you walk in, you're filled with awe. Right. Mm -hmm. Toward God, mm -hmm. where architecture mm -hmm. can honor God. Mm -hmm. It's something that we as Protestants just have not done. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. haven't done. Mm -hmm. And and I think that it needs to be beautiful. It's not just mm -hmm. for the sake of making something that is cosmetically beautiful. Mm -hmm. It is for the glory of God. The same reason that music that's made for God has greater motivation to be more beautiful than any other music anywhere mm -hmm. else architecture to the glory of God has more reason to be beautiful than anything else. Mm -hmm. Now, the Holy Spirit of God has absolutely rained down in power in a little shed on the outskirts of a village called Jaquitaí in Minas Gerais, Brazil, with mm -hmm. farm animals around, and we had to move their feed troughs to the side, and I was drumming on a bucket, and we were just worshiping God, and it was like the day of Pentecost, mm. right there yeah. in this little lean-to garden shed. shed. Yeah, yeah. And then I've also been a part of worship services in the most state-of-the-art, pristine, gorgeous facilities. Yeah. And it was like, man, the Holy Spirit is. I, I know that He's here, but mm. I feel like I'm one of three people who's aware of His mm. presence right now. Mm. Yeah. And we've got smoke machines and lasers and pyrotechnics. <laughs> And, All the things you want. <laughs> everything that you could possibly want, yeah. but what does it matter about the Holy Spirit? It's like, God, right. get me back to that little shed. Sure, sure. We've got the Holy Spirit's hand on our worship mm -hmm. ministry, and I'm seeing more and more people worship in spirit and in truth, mm -hmm. and that is exciting. That is good. Mm -hmm. We want to be able to produce a building that is beautiful, but not just for the sake of beauty, mm -hmm. not mere aesthetics or ergonomics, mm -hmm. but uh, that facilitates the highest calling the highest use of our time throughout the week, the people of God filled with the spirit of God mm -hmm. who have gathered to give glory to God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is a meaningful space. Yeah, yeah. And I want it to smell like barbecue all the time. <laughs> yes. I want we us to linger this. there. Yes. <laughs> that's why That's why we put together the Holy Smokers idea yeah. from before day one, you right. know, that people would gather and, and we would not just cook like your typical cheap, church food. Right. Okay. I'm talking about like the kind of Southern style barbecue that Jesus would make and linger for hours yeah. where the kids play and yeah. the adults just feast and then discipleship 
happens mm -hmm. and relationships grow mm -hmm. and there's nowhere else you'd rather be because mm -hmm. our barbecue is better than <laughs> anything across the street at Applebee's. There you go. Well, that's, that's, my not, that's, that's not my... hard to beat, honestly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, it's important to create that sense of community and buy off and we'll work on the smells. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> we'll a fragrant offering to God. The fragrant offerings. There you go. We're going to have a, a pig roast out there, right? Yes. Every Sunday. Yes. Very New Testament. <laughs> Very New Testament. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that moving forward, then it's really just exciting, I think, you know, to be able to share this vision with everyone and kind of where, where we're going. Uh, and what it could be. And I think mm -hmm. that that's super exciting. I, I want to touch briefly back on the comment you made earlier about um, the church that you talked about in Texas. Yeah. And they're 60%. That's a really good number. If that's we had huge. retention of 60% of all of the people that were to come to our church, you could see how quickly we would grow, oh, right? Yeah. And then now they're having families and how quickly our children's ministry would grow. So I want to talk a little bit about the importance of that because I think a lot of people first of all, have probably not thought about it. I mean, when we first talked about this wedding venue and how to really connect, I, that's a huge part that's missing. You have churches who will do premarital counseling, mm -hmm. but they've never, I wouldn't say required, right? Because I don't think that that's necessarily, you don't want people to feel like they're stuck either, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, just giving them the opportunity of like, plugging in, hey, this is already your community here, you know, and you, you're, you've already got friends that you're coming in with and, and people that support you and love you and want to, to really see you have a successful marriage. And so talk a little bit about what that 60% retention looks like as far as what that would do for our numbers and how quickly that would help us grow. Because I think that, that that's really staggering to, to mm -hmm. know, you know, that to have that many weddings, let's say we had, you know, a hundred weddings go through. That's, mm -hmm. that's awesome. That's mm -hmm. really, that's really amazing. Yeah. That's 60 families yeah. joining per year. It's, it's immense. Mm -hmm. It's one of the best retention rates I've ever seen for what could be considered an outreach. But in another, another regard, I think it's, it's more than an outreach because it's also a function of what's called the common grace of God, because marriage is something that God offers to all of creation. Mm -hmm. um, and, and something where churches will speak to and ordain and facilitate uh, marriages between two Christians and marriages between two non-Christians. Mm -hmm. But as a pastor, I will not officiate the wedding between a Christian and a non-Christian because of what Paul instructed um, right. in First in and Second Corinthians. And that's going to be part of our building. Yeah. Yes, our doctrinal, well. yes. our, mm -hmm. our sincerely held religious belief, mm -hmm. you know, that speaks to the, the, the religious nature of this ministry where it's not just a venue. It's mm -hmm. not, it's not the same thing as going to the Newcastle golf club and then renting space and time from them for a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, it is, it is something that is sincerely held by the church. And mm -hmm. so as a result, what the Bible defines as a clear marriage is what we would encourage, what we would invite. Mm -hmm. And what, uh, the, the way that we do that is by offering them, if we have this beautiful facility, uh, it makes more sense to go through the premarital counseling mm -hmm. ministry. And so mm -hmm. their motivations perhaps for coming into this ministry, that's the case at Watermark Church, mm -hmm. uh, is like, I, I'm here because my fiance wants to get a discount on this pretty building. <laughs> you have this beautiful sure. building, we want sure. pretty photos and we don't want to spend $60,000 on it. Mm -hmm. And so for less than a fraction of that, I have to sit through this class with this pastor who's going to read from this book 
And what they don't know is that the Holy Spirit of God is all over it as they mm -hmm. see this biblical model spelled out. Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of premarital counseling over the years and my, my bride joins me and that's a part of our curriculum that we've kind of developed and honed over, over the years. And the couples that I've spoken to that I've, I've told them I would not officiate mm -hmm. their weddings are able to go and find someone somewhere who will. Mm -hmm. But then when they hit the inevitable rock, you know, the, the rockiness, guess who they call? Mm -hmm. <laughs> they call the guy who wouldn't officiate their wedding because he saw this coming. Mm -hmm. And all I'm doing is coming from Ephesians 5. All I'm doing is coming from the biblical text. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking to the man to represent Christ mm -hmm. in his marriage. I'm, I'm looking to the bride to represent the bride in her marriage. Mm -hmm. Go figure. Mm -hmm. And then this model for marriage that we present has never failed. It has never not worked. Mm -hmm. It is a reflection of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And it leads to the ideal setting mm -hmm. for the raising of children mm -hmm. uh, who thrive under mm -hmm. this demonstration of the gospel right mm -hmm. there in front of their eyes. Mm -hmm. I've, I've seen God use it over and over again. Uh, it's gotten me in trouble with bloggers, it's got, but I don't care. Uh, my marriage is better than theirs. Like, <laughs> and, and I'm not gonna apologize. You sure. know, I'm, I'm gonna answer to God, in fact, mm -hmm. for how I present what the Bible teaches about this. And I've never seen it fail a couple. And in fact, I've seen it. Mm. I've seen it bring marriages back from, I mean, beyond the mm -hmm. brink, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. way beyond what would be deemed salvageable. I'm amazed since moving here at how, how, how people underestimate marriage. Mm -hmm. and what it can endure and what sure. it can recover from sure. and what the gospel can do to transform a heart. Yeah. I'm amazed at, at what, what, uh, what brings ends to marriages. Mm. And, and I've had this conversation more than once with couples who will wait until their house is on fire to call me Yeah, to be able to say like, I, I don't know how to, how to put this, but like you can come back from this. This is not actually a deal breaker. Yeah, uh, I've seen marriages come back from worse than this. Mm -hmm. it, it, it all comes down to just the biblical foundation for marriage. Mm -hmm. What God said marriage is mm -hmm. something that is completely forgotten in the larger Seattle context. Yeah, and so what we're offering or is unknown, not known. Really? Yeah, yeah it's, it's unknown. Forgotten. They haven't heard it yet. Yeah, and it's it's not new. Right, it's the opposite of new. Right. <laughs> it's millennia old. Yeah. It's the most old fashioned view of marriage that there is, mm -hmm. and it's never failed. And mm -hmm. so we offer this to couples who are looking to get married, mm -hmm. um, you know, basing it off of what we've seen God do, what I'm already doing anyway, mm -hmm. uh, you know, as, as I officiate weddings, as I do premarital counseling and things like that, I've never seen it fail. And I've, I've seen couples uh, give their lives to Christ through the premarital counseling season, yeah. which is pretty cool. There's been more than one couple that have come to me and they're, they're cohabitating before marriage. Mm. And this car shop actually is what I offer to the man oh. to say like leading up to the marriage, hey, if you, uh, okay, first of all, <laughs> we need to repent from sin yeah, and you can come live at my house until the wedding. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and so like uh, I've, I've offered that to couples sure. that are going through it. I've seen God transform souls, like just through premarital counseling. Yeah. And then on the other side, everything's based on the gospel. Mm -hmm. Their marriage is based on the gospel. Uh, their, their whole family model is based on the word of God mm -hmm. and they've seen firsthand how it works. And if we can offer that opportunity to this huge, you know, I guess in, in secular terms, it would be considered a market. Mm -hmm. We would be massively undercutting it if it were a market because we're not gonna charge people <laughs> 
a BMW's worth of money to come and get married. It doesn't take right. that much. Yeah. That's just a markup. Yeah. And what we're offering is so much better than just a photo op. Right. As we offer the biblical model for marriage to couples that are hoping to get married, mm -hmm. there's nothing else in the universe that will set their families up for success in the long term. Mm -hmm than the word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's yeah. no wonder it has a 60 plus percent retention yeah. ratio yeah. because it's not really an outreach effort. It's just the will of God right. being carried out. Yeah, yeah. So as we kind of wrap up then, let's talk a little bit about the task force. So we have a group of individuals. I am one of them. I feel like I'm a stormtrooper with that name. <laughs> I'm more thought of it as, you know, a committee, but you don't like the C word. So we task will just force. go, we will go back to the task force, but uh, talking a little bit about what each of us and our roles are. So I'm the head of that group. We've been looking for a building and trying to find something that will fit the five-term vision currently, but then also looking down the road at the possibility of either doing two properties or, or one with the intention of getting another one, you know, and, and negotiating that. Um, but then we have some other individuals that are on mm -hmm. that group as well that we definitely want to make sure to call out because their roles are so important. So we've got uh, individuals that are specialized in construction. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got individuals that specialize in real estate mm -hmm. uh, and maintenance and facilities. Uh, we have financial, you mm -hmm. know, ba soundness on the, the panel as well. And so there's a, there's a really good group of us that work together and kind of, I would say the yin and the yang mm -hmm. in the sense of we've got the dreamer and <laughs> then we have the realist, you yeah. know, trying to kind of bring that all together. But there's a really good solid group of, of individuals that are running this in order to, to see that vision, but also make sure that we're doing it and not stretching past our means, right? As you mm -hmm. mentioned even earlier, being mindful of the fact that if Boeing was to do cutbacks, right? Yeah. Or Microsoft was to do cutbacks, what would that do to us? And we want to make sure that we aren't strapped either so that way we can fill those needs if we need to. So talking a little bit about our task force and kind of what their their role is and their overall vision in order to make this happen. Yeah, I wanted to bring a whole bunch of people to the table <clears throat> who were smarter than me and then just bless them, you know, and, and unleash them for ministry. Um, Pastor Mike came to me and, and saw that I was trying to do too much on my own. Sure. And he was yeah. exactly right. He's like, you need to appoint a team mm -hmm. to take this off your plate. And then, you know, you just, you just watch what they do. Mm -hmm. Just kind of provide direction to that team and then let them, let them run it. And so uh, you were the first call that I made because you specialize <laughs> yeah. uh, in a very, very unique aspect of, of the industry. You guys go from design mm -hmm. through build. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. so rare. Mm -hmm. And that, like, I, that's perfect mm -hmm. for a church plant, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. especially as we look at potential new construction on mm -hmm. vacant land or mm -hmm. renovating an older mm -hmm. facility. Yeah. And so wow, like we, like our church hit the jackpot oh. <laughs> like with, with, with team Schmidt. So Thank we're you. grateful for you guys. I mean, you do this already. Mm -hmm. And we have also uh, Brian Davis, who has, is a designated broker with his own firm. Yep. And knows a whole lot more about real estate than I do. His brother Galen Davis also very experienced mm -hmm. in, in mm -hmm. reno and in real estate and mm -hmm. negotiation. Mm -hmm. And we have Mark Hermiller, who is really good at telling us when we're going to spend too much money on something. Yes. And so he he keeps... himself as the train conductor yes. with the brake. He's yeah, he pulls the brake. The brake. <laughs> and that's good. I need that. Yeah. Uh, you know, someone to be able to, <laughs> yeah. someone to be able to bring me back down to earth. 
And uh, we have Sergio Mindrigan, who is an absolute, absolute Jedi warrior mm -hmm. at all things general, you know, in, in terms of as, as general, general contractor and construction and, mm -hmm. and, and maintenance. Uh, we looked at one property and he was able to go and, and snoop around and tell us what the real dollar amount was right. to be yep. able to bring it up to code. Yep. And uh, when you when you combine, you know, your expertise designed through build and uh, Brian and Galen's expertise in all things real estate and Sergio's expertise in all things uh, as a general contractor and Herr Miller's uh, expertise in all things financial and ensuring the operation and, and what we can actually afford mm -hmm. uh, looking at it in, in real dollars at a future month to month budget. Mm -hmm. I see a proper sense of checks and balances. I also see a proper sense of daring mm -hmm. because you have to be a little bit audacious. Yeah. I know that like even when, when, when Mark Hermiller is willing to like go ahead with an offer, we're like, okay, we know that we're really doing it. Sure. At one point we made an offer on a property. Somebody came and outbid us by like $2 million uh, and they ended up just chopping it up into bits and selling it and turning it into a development. It's a problem actually. We're losing ground. Right. Around around Seattle, uh, but when we did get the green light to go and make that offer, the, I remember the question came up like, "So are we planting a church or what?" You know, and we went for it. <laughs> we went for it. So we sure. have the we have the proper sense of checks and balances, the expertise. All of you guys combined know way more about this thing than I do. Mm -hmm. I can lay down a sick drum beat when needed, but I've never built a church before from scratch. Right. <clears throat> and so I look at the combined expertise, the combined years in the industry complementary nature of your skill sets mm -hmm. and it's a, a we we have a really stacked deck mm -hmm. for a scrappy little church plant yeah yeah i agree well more to come in the revival project but thanks for sitting down and chatting about it and we will continue to update people as it goes thank you catherine <laughs>